What's going on, Mets fans? It is Friday, the 13th of June. The Mets are 37 and 54, 14 and a half games out of first place and 14 games out of the wild card. And this is the state of the Mets. This is what I think most of September and October are going to be about. You know, I think Rico, Ricciardi, and Omar Minaya are going to get interviews, but my understanding is that the ownership, uh, Will Ponds, Katz, the ownership groups, everybody involved wants them to have somebody new. They need a new direction, uh, another, I don't want to say a rebuild, but they definitely need some new blood in there with some new ideas that can adjust to the new realities of, of uh, what the market is in baseball. That's the thing. It's changed. It's not what it was when Sandy Alderson was last successful. It's not even what it was when Omar was successful in 05, 06, 07, and so on, building those teams that won a lot. You know, it's they need somebody in there that's not necessarily one of these uh, Harvard-Yale graduate law students that, uh, you know, is young with a statistical, analytical mind, uh, evidence-based kind of guy. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, I think, uh, in terms of people in your front office. But I think in New York, I I think Brian Cashman is a really, really, really good model. I think, you know, you're not going to obviously get Cashman. But I think the qualities that Cashman has and the type of front office that he has is what the Mets should be modeling. And it's not because the Yankees have been successful. It's because I think he understands, as well as anybody, what it means to run a team in New York. And, you know, I think a lot of that comes from the Steinbrenner legacy and a little bit of the Stick Michael legacy, you know, which is who who, uh, Cashman was sort of groomed by. And if you combine those two things together, you get Brian Cashman, which is a GM that listens, weighs his options, takes recommendations, but in the end, he's creative, he can adjust to whatever the situation is around him, and he likes to make big moves. And I think those three things are what you want in a GM for the New York Mets. It doesn't mean they have to build a replica of the New York Yankees. It doesn't mean they have to have the same identity and professionalism and all that nonsense, because that's not who the Mets are. The Mets' history is more of a you know, a a team that grinds it out, a little bit of an underdog, you know, they play with passion, you know, they reflect, I think, the identity and the sensibilities of the fan base, which are those things, you know, it's more of a working class fan base. And I think that's the kind of team you want. But it needs to be built by a guy who again, I'm going to say this one more time, because I'm going to be writing a lot about this on Mets blog. They need somebody who is creative, who can adjust to the situations in front of them. And that likes to make big moves. You know, and then do it again and again and again and again until you've got a team that is consistently in the postseason. It gives them self, uh, gives themselves a chance to win a World Series. That's what we want. That's it. How old that person is, whether they are new or worked in the business before, whether they are in the organization now or from another team, whether they have an MBA or not, whether they're from an Ivy League school or not. Whether they play baseball or not, I don't care. It does not make a difference to me. I want them to have those three qualities, demonstrate that they can do it, and they understand the market and understand the fan base. And if they can do that, that person should be hired. I'm all for Cespedes playing first base, uh, or at least trying to play first base. It's, 
I have no idea if it's going to help his legs. And I think people should be cautious about just throwing any old body at first base because it's a lot more complicated than I think people want to want to make it out to be. There's a lot of footwork that goes on. And I think it's something that uh, people underestimate. But that said, it is, I think it's imperative to either the, you know, whoever, whoever's going to be the GM of the Mets, let's put it that way. I think it's, it's important for that person to know what Cespedes is capable of, because clearly these legs are going to be an issue. He's got something going on with that hip, whether it's a chronic issue. And, you know, my understanding is, you know, it's potential that he needs some surgery or something on it. I don't know uh, what's going on with his heel and he's got things with his, his calves and his, his, knees and his thigh and it's just it seems like an endless list and basically at this point he's only played or he's missed roughly 30 percent of the team's game since he was acquired in 15 so I mean the fact is they need his bat he's making close to 30 million dollars each of the next two seasons he's not going anywhere and the, you know the organization needs to know if this guy can play other positions he takes ground balls at third and short regularly in spring training and before games and you know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's a first baseman. If he is, it makes a big difference in terms of how they structure the team going forward. You know, I, I understand Dom Smith and Peter Alonso would be blocked if Cespedes was a regular first baseman. But, uh, you know, I think the jury is very far uh, still out on Dom. And Alonso, who has an enormous bat potential, you know, a lot of scouts and people that are watching just aren't sold that this guy is a is a athletic enough uh, everyday first baseman. I find that hard to believe, given where that position has trended over the last few years, and the fact that you're going to consider putting Cespedes at first base means you clearly aren't valuing, uh, you know, swiftness uh, and looking for a Keith Hernandez type defender at first base. But I, I understand the point. I mean, if it's a young kid who's trying to figure out first base in the big leagues. It's going to impact his bat. I think that's evident with Dom. So, you know, I get it. I understand, I understand what they're thinking. The thing is, if Cespedes can play that position, it opens up a third spot in the outfield. I'm going to ignore Jay Bruce for a minute because I think if you pay down his salary and he shows he's healthy, I think he's actually somebody they could trade in the winter. Um, you know, but that center field spot needs to be uh, either a great defender or they need to put Nimmo or Conforto in center and acquire another big uh, bat run producer, uh, you know, consistent run producer to play one of the other outfield spots. So you're either giving me a defensive player in center field and get me a big hitter for third or first, which could be Cespedes, or you're getting me a big hitter in the corner outfield spots and you're putting a great defender in center because they have got to up upgrade the team's fielding for next year and they need guys that can drive in runs you know the lineup needs to be either really good defensive players who make contact or run producers that's it that's the team it would be ideal if the catcher the second baseman the shorts up in the center fielder were the best defensive players on the team because that you know is a strong up the middle defense and I still believe in that and give me power on the on the corners and on the edges of, of the field. But if that can't be done, you, you know, you do what you got to do. You do what you, what, what's what's available. And if that means having the best defensive players, uh, you know, at, at other positions and putting power up the middle, whatever. I, I mean, however you got to do it, you got to do it. Um, 
And if that means knowing that Cespedes can play first base, then he should try it. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. If he can't, then the next GM knows that. And if he can, the next GM knows that. Brandon Nimmo is proving me so wrong, and it's so great. Up to this point, I think Anderson Hernandez, who probably a lot of you don't remember, was the guy I thought uh, as a prospect would would be good and and just absolutely wasn't. Like, that was probably my biggest miss. I I think Nimmo might be passing him for me. I mean, I thought Nimmo was going to be nothing but a fourth outfielder with a high on-base percentage, guy that was mostly a singles hitter, Uh, that just didn't have enough punch to be a regular. And, I mean, it's looking like that is way off base. Um, You know, the kid is electric. You know, obviously we knew all about his smile and and just how inspiring his story is and and the way he talks and how uplifting he can be as a a personality. As a baseball player, I got to give credit to Sandy Alderson in the front office. I mean, they haven't been accurate about a lot of these guys, but this one they were. They they did not want to trade him last winter when he was asked to be included in deals for McCutcheon and Josh Harrison. So obviously the Pirates like Nimmo. Um, but so did the Mets, clearly. And I give him credit because I just didn't see it. You know, I, I just thought he was going to be a lightweight. And he looks like he can just do so many different things that his value to the team is widespread. You know, even when he's slumping, uh, as he had been over the last few weeks, you know, he's doing other stuff. He's making nice plays in the field. He's getting on base. He's, he's you know, moving around the bases. He's advancing uh, from, you know, first to third, even though he's not the fastest guy because I think he knows what he's doing out there. And then obviously, you know, the walk-off uh, win the other night, and he just does, he, he makes himself known. Like, he has a presence on the field, and that's huge. That's a big deal. The question is, is he going to be a starting outfielder next year? And I, I think he has to be. Uh, you know, the way I put it the other day uh, when I was writing about Cespedes playing first base, which I'll talk about later, and, and, you know, round out the outfield and the rest of the team, but just that I think at this point Nimmo has to be counted on because of what he can do, uh, you know, as far as the overall, uh, you know, roster. Jacob DeGrom is throwing like the best pitcher in baseball right now. There's no question about it. But I don't think he should start the All-Star game. And I say that not because I don't think he's awesome and the best pitcher and probably the most deserving. It's because it's in D.C. And, you know, much like Matt Harvey got the start when the All-Star game was at City Field, you know, Max Scherzer probably should get the start in Washington, D.C. in front of Nationals fans and in front of that, that city. I mean, it's... You know, I go back to, to the Harvey start. That It was awesome. It was one of the best moments I can remember as a Mets fan. Uh, probably a top 10 for me. Not because of anything other than, you know, the hairs on my arm stood up. And it was emotional. And it was just awesome to see a homegrown pitcher like that standing center stage, you know, in front of the world, basically. I mean, it was it was just great. You know, it was it was something I'll never forget, the way the crowd roared and just seeing his intensity and what it meant to him. And I, I, I think, you know, it pains me to, to reward Nationals fans that way. But, I mean, you know, look, the fact is the game is in their city. They probably would get, a you know, an, a lot of enjoyment out of Scherzer starting. It's supposed to be for the fans. It's entertainment. It's supposed to be fun. So, I mean, it's fine. DeGrom's the better pitcher right now. He's, I think, frankly, the best pitcher, or at least throwing is the best pitcher in the league right now. He should win the Cy Young regardless of how many wins he has or doesn't have. It doesn't matter. 
but I mean, when it comes to the All-Star game, it, like I said, in front of that fans and that ballpark, let Scherzer get it. It's fine. All right, that's the state of the Mets for uh, Friday the 13th of June. We are a few games, uh, a few days away from the All-Star break, thank God. Um, I think we all need a few days away uh, from uh, Mets baseball and just baseball in general. It'll be nice to watch uh, the Home Run Derby and just kind of, you know, uh, make it silly and kind of fun for a few days and then get back to it uh, after that. I have no idea what the second half is going to hold. It'd be nice to see these guys win a few games and give us a little bit of momentum going into next year. But, you know, I think like last year, it's going to be about trades at the end of July and trying to get some prospects into this farm system again and then uh, evaluating some of the, the younger players uh, as we move into the offseason. And then it's going to become all GM 24 hours a day until uh, somebody new is put into place. That's it. Thanks for listening. As always, let's go Mets.